Gabriel Rodlich has a bunch of shows in rural Oregon this month. Oh and also a show at a Mexican restaurant in Shelton, Washington. Ha. Nice career dipshit. He's also at the Laugh Factory in Reno this month but that will probably cancel after they hear about the Mexican restaurant gig. For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Check, check. Why am I checking the microphone like it's a microphone when it's my cell phone? Because I am. This is a uh, metaphorical drive home podcast because I am in a hotel room. Room 1468 of the South Point Casino. There's a wrestling tournament in town, apparently, because uh, this whole ho- this whole hotel is filled with five foot two, 130 pound energy. A lot of the stuff I know about high school wrestling, I don't even, it seems illegal. I don't know if they can still do that. I mean, when I was in, you know, I, I was uh, I was playing baseball because that's the kind of athlete I am. Is there a sport where I can sit a lot of the time or when someone hits the ball, it's probably not going to me? Is there a sport? <laughs> Is there a more leisurely sport I could be a part of? Um, but we would watch wrestling practice uh, on, on days we would be indoors. And the things they would have to, I mean, they were running around to make weight. These whatever, 16-year-old high school juniors were wearing garbage bags around their body and then like running the stairs to like lose weight. They're like not eating all day. To make weight. They're not drinking all day to make weight. Like, ha, that that's insane. I wonder if they've changed those rules at all, because that's that's nutty. It's crazy. That's a that's a crazy I mean it doesn't fucking matter, high school wrestlers. I mean it all matters because you're you wanna win, but it like What's best case scenario for a high school wrestler? college wrestler it's not worth it that just means you have to work harder but yeah I remember I remember watching wrestling weigh-ins or maybe it was practice weigh-ins but I don't know when they actually do that but they uh, you know they try to go pee first Uh, anything to make that weight. Uh, and I actually do the same thing when I weigh in, even now. 
you know, I have to be totally naked. I have to have not eaten anything that day. And I have to have recently taken a shit. Those are the scenarios where I will weigh myself. I'm trying to give myself a chance for a good mood that day. Maybe a couple of those things are happening. Maybe it is first thing in the morning. Maybe I am naked, but maybe I haven't taken a shit. Nope, no way in. What if it's the middle of the day and I did just take a shit? But I've also eaten two meals. Well, no, that's not weighing. You gotta wait for naked, no food, recently shit. That's just basic science. Even when I weigh in at the doctor and they're like, your weight is whatever, 224, I go, that's because I have clothes on, I've eaten. And I haven't recently taken a shit. So really, I'm 220. But write whatever you want down. Whatever makes you feel better. But I know the truth. Because I am a naked, haven't eaten all day, recently shit, 220 to 222. And I didn't have to run around in a hefty garbage bag to make that weight. I actually ate a lot of fun things to get to that weight. I got here. I got to Vegas like way too early. I came in on Monday. Uh, and, you know, I don't really remember what I book for flights. I just book the cheapest one usually. And then when I the day before, I'm like, what time is my flight tomorrow? 5 a.m.? 5 a.m.? Not 5.30. 5.05 a.m. Landing in Vegas at 7.30 a.m. I was trying to check into the Tropicana Hotel before 8 a.m. Uh, they did not take me. Uh, at, they said, you can come back at 11.30. So I had to like stash my bags. And then I walked around the Las Vegas Strip at like 8.10 a.m. And man... That's a glimpse of Vegas you don't get on the brochure. I mean, that's the time of day they just hose the puke out of the streets. Not literally, but that's what it felt like. There was nobody out. I even felt like I had to be quiet to not wake up homeless people. Like, well, this is their time. Like I was tiptoeing through a crackhead nursery. Shh. I say there was no one out, but there was one business was very busy because I thought, hey, I'm here at eight in the morning in Las Vegas. I, you know, I'm familiar with the area. I'm like, where can I go eat? Not in a casino. I'm like, well, there's a Denny's a couple blocks down. I'm a new AARP member, junior member. I could get 10% off of my Las Vegas Denny's. Maybe I'll go there for breakfast. Uh, I walked past the Denny's at 8, 10 a.m., and there was a line of 20 to 30 people uh, that I would call 
fully eligible for full AARP membership. Quite elderly. And then I'm like, I'm not. I am not putting my name on a list and waiting for an hour to get Grand Slam diarrhea. So uh, I went to the Hard Rock Cafe uh, where there was uh, no waiting, no 10% off either, but you know, had some shitty eggs. There was a singer in the Hard Rock Cafe. And man, showbiz is tough. I mean, she hadn't just started, so I assumed she'd been there since at least 7.30 or something. But when you work in the Hard Rock Cafe breakfast shift, if she was a good singer, I mean, it was all covers, but it was just, it's just so wild. You know, it's a bunch of old people or people who like, I don't know, maybe they're going to the air. People are drinking in the morning who don't normally drink in the morning. Uh... People are eating breakfast, and it's just like, you know, waitress is like, oh, do you need a coffee refill? And in the background, someone with a dream is singing, what if God was one of us? I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about my headlining at the Laugh Factory Monday to Wednesday. Because at least I'm not singing cover songs on guitar at 8 a.m. in the Hard Rock Cafe. That being said, I'm sure it's a much coveted gig. Hey, that's a professional musician working the breakfast shift. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if they didn't want to do it, there's a line of a million other people who would like to uh, play guitar covers. At the Hard Rock Cafe, right next to the Denny's. Just a slob like one of us. Sir, do you want bacon or sausage with that omelet? Ah, uh, bacon. Trying to make his way home. I actually, uh, I think normally the Hard Rock Cafe is, I mean, normally the uh, the Laugh Factory, it's a seven-day thing. It, usually you're there Monday to Sunday. Uh, I was there Monday to Wednesday, and I think that's somewhat unusual. But I was actually thinking about it. If I got the choice of once a year I got to do Monday through Sunday or twice a year I got to do Monday to Wednesday, I would do the Monday to Wednesday. One, because I have a lot more Monday to Wednesdays open than an entire week open. But also, it's that's a, seven days is a long time to be in Vegas. I, I do that for uh, Brad Garrett's too. And it's great. It's one of the highlights of my year. But man, uh, it's not. I'm not on vacation, but it's the kind of a similar vibe. Like you go to Vegas because... I mean, the first 24, 48 hours, you're like, what you like about Vegas is it's not who you normally are. You know, hey, I'm a guy who, <laughs> whatever, smokes joints in the afternoon, or I don't do that, but people on vacation are. I drink in the morning. I 
we party. I wear sluttier clothes than normal. Is that slut shaming? I'm sorry. I wear sexier clothes than normal. Is that sex shaming? I'm sorry. I wear different clothes than normal. Is that different shaming? I'm sorry. I wear different coverings on my body than I normally do. You know, and for a couple days, that's fun. But by day six, what started out as this isn't who I normally am ends up being this is not who I am. I need to get the fuck out of here. And I'm not day drinking. Um, I'm not even drinking that much. But it's still, it's a... It's a town that uh, it does wear on you after a while. I don't know. Maybe it's just the constant lighting, the constant watching other drunk people. So much woo energy uh, to a town. Uh, but like, yeah. Like I leave tomorrow and it's the same. Every time I leave Vegas, it's the same thing. Can't wait to get out of here. Can't wait to come back. That should be their slogan. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is not true. Especially if it's gonorrhea, which I just learned last episode is the clap. That is a game you play in Vegas. Not the gonorrhea game, but like you just walk around and you see like, very scantily clad women, attractive women. Even if they're not attractive, just dressed in the way, like kind of too fancy for the room. Super short skirt, high heels, and they're with, you know, some schlub who probably weighs in at 221 pounds, naked if he hasn't eaten after he's taken a shit in the morning. And you go, is that, is that a uh, sex worker? Or is that just a, a guy who's a five who has a nine? And then I go up and I ask him and I go, hey, are you a sex worker? Prostitution is not technically legal in Las Vegas, uh, but it's around uh i had never been to this club before i had never been well right now with the south point casino but i'd started my week at the tropicana um and the laugh factory and the laugh factory is great uh pretty well attended shows i mean there's two a night the second show was second shows weren't as good but they were still good um, I, uh, you know, I've never been to this club before. I got in because the person who manages Brad Garrett's comedy club recommended me to the guy who books the Laugh Factory. And so it is, this is what always happens if you're a comedian. But the one day he came, he's like, he came on Tuesday to see me. He'd never seen me do comedy before. And, of course, I would call, of the six shows I did, the one he watched was probably my worst show. It was still fine. I did fine. 
I was in my head. You know, you just sense when the guy who writes the checks is in the back of the room. You just sense it. And now there was a couple jokes that kind of got groans that normally don't. I felt like my energy was a little weird because I was maybe forcing it too much. But it was fine. I'm, it was in my head. I listened to the recording afterwards. I'm like, it's fine. He seemed, he seemed uh, pleased with my performance. He was like, hey. Uh, you got a one-person standing ovation from that old black guy in the front. And I go, hey, that's worth three young white guys. So, uh, and also that was, a, that was a funny night in particular because uh, the guy hosting that night, uh, Gary Cannon, uh, who was very funny. He does like a ton of audience warm-up for TV shows. And you can tell it's just like a ton of audience interaction and super high energy. And at one point he tried to high-five a woman. She did not reciprocate the high-five. Uh, and he said something like, are you going to leave me hanging? And then the man with the woman goes, she's blind. <laughs> he, he tried to high-five a blind lady. Oh, so that was fun. That's fun. That's a good Vegas memory for everybody. Let's keep it going for both the other comics. Can we do that? For Gary, for Don. What a night. You are never going to forget the night that you saw a comedian try and high-five a blind lady. You are never, as long as you live, you will never forget the time. Twice! Twice! I'll give you one, Gary! So anyway, I think the guy liked me. I did fine. I was in my own stupid head. Um, I'm already working Reno Laugh Factory next month. Um, it's also a weird thing. They had a clock in the back of the room that you very visible from the stage, and like you have to be off stage at uh, 40 after. Like the first show, I was done at uh, 9:40, and then second show, I was done at 11:40. And uh, I think that's right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a casino. They don't fuck around. They're like, the show starts exactly on time. I'm supposed to do 35 minutes. But uh, most nights it was like 33 because that, that 1140 came up. I'm not going to go three over just to do my 35. It's a well-oiled machine. Uh, they don't want you doing more time if you're having fun. So I, I'm looking at the clock. And at first, I'm like, this is great. Every club should have a giant clock that's visible from the stage that the comedians can see. And then I realized I just was staring at the clock. Like, not, I mean, side-eye staring. I wasn't literally staring at it. But it was like just this countdown. Like, the show started. And I'm like, 33 minutes left. A few minutes later, I look at the clock. I'm doing math. 27 minutes left. These are not things I need to be thinking about on stage. It made me think about stuff I never think about. Like, I have nine minutes left. What bit should I do? I never think that. I just go until the light comes on and then I wrap it up. I had to, that was my first show on Monday. After that, I'm like, I'm not looking at that clock until it gets later in my set because it's, it's kind of messing with my head a little bit. Uh, so anyway, hopefully next time I'll get to work a Thursday. Every comedian's dream. I gotta go in a few minutes. You guys have been delightful. I appreciate you hanging out. Um, this is actually my last night 
here because they let the big stars work Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> I never had it as a career goal before, but fuck, I hope Thursday someday. You know what I mean? I hope. And then uh, Thursday night, I didn't have a show. Uh, I tried to do a guest set at uh, the Strat L.A. Comedy Club, but that booker was out of town. Uh, so I did watch a show, which isn't fun. <laughs> it's hard. I like watching comedy when I'm on the show because I know I'm next. But it's weird. It's weird to like watch a comedy show you're not a part of. I guess it's like, I don't know, if you ever have people work on your house uh, and fix things or build things for you, they always like talk shit about the person who built the thing before them. Like if someone's replacing your bathtub, they look at the plumbing and they go, oh, who put this in? This is not, mm-mm. That shouldn't be a three-eighths. That should be a one-fifth. I don't know. That's how bad at fixing things I am. Or, you know, we had a deck rebuilt and they're like, they used nails? Should have used screws? Just like, you know, Construction people always talk shit about the person who built it before them. This is a half-assed job. And that's how I feel watching comedy. I can't just enjoy the bathtub. I can't just enjoy the deck. I have to watch and go like, that's your opener? That's your opener. Yeesh. Not that I, I mean, I saw some funny people, but it's like, even when they're doing well, there's this thing in your head where you're like, well, if they're doing well, they this crowd would have really liked me. Why doesn't this club book me? Uh, so it, it's weird. It's a weird thing to just straight up watch a comedy show uh, as a comedian. I would much rather watch breakfast cover bands. What if God was one of us? Are you here because Denny's was busy? I sure am. Just a slob like one of us. You know what Denny's doesn't have? Famous rock and roll pants. Hard Rock does. You want to see a pair of pants Meatloaf probably farted in? What if God was one of us? Whenever I look at those... uh like clothes on the wall from rock stars, I'm always struck how tiny they are. Like they had a Prince shirt, I think. And it was like, that is a woman small. I mean, if Prince hadn't eaten, was naked, and had just taken a shit, I swear he must have been 111 pounds looking at the size of that shirt. If there was a comedy rock cafe, that doesn't make sense. And they had famous comedians' outfits on the wall. Um, many of them would be a larger size. It would be like, hey, look, it's Louis Anderson's pants. Maybe they would even work that into the menu. That could be the sizing. I love a cheeseburger and fries. Uh, on the fries, did you want uh, Richard Pryor sized or do you want those Louis Anderson? Louis Anderson, good for you. 
trying to make his way home. Oh, I'm actually, I'm doing two shows tonight. Uh, in Vegas, I'm doing one uh, in some room next to a house of blues um, at nine o'clock. And then uh, here in the South Point Casino, the dirty at 1230 starts at 1230 a.m. This is I'm I'm. I'm not sure I want to headline this show when I'm going to be on stage at like 1.45 a.m. or something. Uh, but, you know, I'm getting paid. And I got a hotel yesterday also paid for uh, because of this, so that's great. But this is the um, this is the insane travel situation that I have found myself in. Uh, <laughs> so I do a show at 9 p.m., House of Blues. I do a show... Here at the South Point Casino, uh, for I don't know when I'll get off stage. Two. Then my flight is 5:45 a.m. So I'm pretty much. I mean, I don't have to run from the stage to the airport, but pretty much that's it. Then I fly home. I land at 8:30 a.m. in SeaTac Airport. Hopefully. <laughs> then I will go home. Try to sleep for a couple hours. And then I have a show at 5.30 p.m. in Mount Vernon, Washington, which is eh, two, two and a half hours north of me. And then at 8 p.m. in Bellingham, Washington, which is just north of Mount Vernon. That's my next 24 hours. Or whatever the amount of hours that is. That... I mean, that's not a thing a 48-year-old man should be doing. But it'll be all right. I'll gut it out. It'll be fun. Um, if I can get a couple hours sleep uh, in between landing at home, going home, and having to leave to go to Mount Vernon, if I can get a couple hours sleep, you know, take a shower, maybe weigh myself naked, I should be all right. I'm uh, I'm in the middle of 15 shows in 11 days, uh, which is a pretty crazy run uh, of shows, and that's with one off day, and you know a lot of those were two a night or whatever. Uh, but yeah, 15 shows in 11 days in many many different cities. Um, I'm a little, I'm very excited about not having shows Sunday through Thursday. I actually wish it was a few more days until I had another show next week, but that's all right. Uh, I did my show uh, in Olympia, actually Lacey, um, which is a good show. That's a that's a fun, thank you. I know some podcast listeners saw me there. That was a, a sold out little show in a, Business Park and Lacey, that was a good time. Uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I do work all over the country, but not a lot of business parks. <laughs> but of the business parks I work, this is the best one. I'm, I'm serious. I think about this place every time I get my license renewed. <laughs>
I'm actually booking a show in that building as well. It's kind of a captive audience. I just pop out. DMV is the worst, am I right? I did over an hour on stage, which I'd like, I don't know, I like to do that. I like I like doing a long time because it makes me, it's the opposite of staring at the clock in the back of the room. It relaxes you a little bit. If something comes up with the, up with the crowd, you can uh, have a little fun. So I got to do that uh, in Lacey. Uh, are there any high school sweethearts in the room? Yeah. What, what, uh, what, what year of high school were you? 81. Not 81. And this is where it ends, folks. They uh, had a good run. Was it 81 or not? It was 81. That was a rare victory for the male brain, right there. I feel like you did that for all of us, Sarah, and I appreciate it. What, what, like, were you freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, fifth year, senior? What were you? He was a junior, and you were what? You were a prince, sir. You guys heard that too? For a second, I felt that was like not the angel on my shoulder. <laughs> That's the sound my devil makes. Why wouldn't you? Get on in there. It's fine. It's fine. It's not giving you crap. That's that's you know when you're a junior and you see a freshman, you're like, I bet she'd be impressed with my dumb shit. But that's crazy. It's just, he had a car. He had a car. He had a car. <laughs> what kind of car, sir? A Camaro. A Camaro. Damn. I think I'm into you. He still has. He still has the Camaro. I'm out. I'm out now. Uh, and for that reason, I'm out. So no. I love that. That's that's kind of how marriage works. Sometimes, like whatever attracted you to the person in the beginning becomes the thing you don't like about them eventually. <laughs> like you're a freshman, you're like he's got a Camaro, and then many many years later, like you sell a fucking Camaro. <laughs> Let it go. Gas is forty two dollars a gallon. You drive around that Camaro like you're gonna pick up another freshman. Let it go. Not 1982. Oh, was 81? Uh, I had a show in Enumclaw, Washington, uh, at the uh, Chalet Theater, which was cool. We got 177 people to come out, uh, which was great. Bunch of rowdy ass Enumclaw people. Um, but I like that theater. That theater's cool. It's, uh, I mean, it's the kind of theater where you hear the crack of a PBR can while you're on stage, but. It's nice to see you with that mask on. That's nice. Yeah. Nice to see you. <laughs> Would you think Ian Claus is responsible? Is that? 
It got back to the White House. Ian Claw was not happy. <laughs> the fucking ego in this room. They also have this big screen backdrop uh, of Mount Rainier, which is, <laughs> I think at some point someone pointed out to me that it was Mount Rainier. Like, I didn't know. I thought that was funny. Uh, but that was fun. That was a really fun show. Um, and it's funny. And Enumclaw, I always, I don't know, Enumclaw, unfortunately, it actually seems like a cool city. It's a beautiful spot. But, you know, they are rather infamous for a guy who died because a horse had sex with him. Actually, that made it sound like it was a sexual assault from the horse, the way I just described it. A guy had sex with a horse because he wanted to, and then and it eventually killed him, which um, is probably for the best. Um, I don't know what sort of greatness you were thinking this person would have gone on to achieve after having sex with a horse. But I think, you know, maybe the universe is like, that's, you've contributed what you have to contribute. Uh, but it's just, it was from Enumclaw, Washington, like this famous, gross, terrible story. There's actually a documentary about it that I'm never going to watch because it's just disgusting. Uh, but... It's every time I go to Enumclaw, which isn't a lot, I'm like, I'm not going to bring it up. And I assume they're not going to bring it up. And then every single time it comes up, uh, which is hilarious to me. Seems like they're leaning in. They're kind of proud of it. What's that, sir? No, just water. Did it seem like I needed your help, sir? <laughs> uh, this guy's falling. I'm going to bail him out. I'm going to hit him with the old as that vodka routine. Get this show back on track. <laughs> now we're here. No shit. I didn't realize the second I took a train, you guys were like, our turn. <laughs> you up this ditch, you know there's a mountain behind him. <laughs> this is Enumclaw, the pulse of America. <laughs> Among other local legends. They put you on the map? I don't think that's a good thing. I don't... No, you don't want to be on the map for just any reason. There's nothing wrong with not being on the map. Would you rather go? I'm from Enumclaw. Never heard of it. Or I'm from Enumclaw. The horse don't play. I hear it's you guys got the mask mandate lifted.
Uh, I did a show in uh, Longview, Washington the next night. That was all three of those shows that week, the Lacey, uh, Enumclaw, and Longview were like self-produced. I was using this producer, uh, and the, the, the Longview one's the only one that was not financially successful. Uh, we got 40-something people to come see me. It was a fun show. had a great time. Uh, but, you know, that's not enough people uh, to make a door deal worth it. But that's it's fine. Whatever. It was still a good week. Um, had a show at uh, Tacoma Comedy Club in the afternoon for some sort of real estate place. It was packed. Absolutely packed. Uh, I walked in and saw the other comic, and I was like, man, I wish I could draw like a real estate company. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was fun. That was a fun day. Uh, and then uh, to Vegas, two shows a night, Monday to Wednesday. And then uh, two tonight, and then two tomorrow in the Bellingham area. And then... uh. Hopefully a very restful sleep. Tropicana, uh, BT dubs. Uh, kind of a dump. Like, I didn't realize that. It's just old and there's not a lot there. There's like a couple of restaurants. I got like $50 a day uh, that I could charge to the room if I went to the restaurants in the Tropicana, which I did do. But there's like two of them. A few, there was a few more that only opened on the weekends, um, but there was like not a lot of people in the casino. People came to the club, to the comedy club, but they were from other casinos. Um, I didn't really realize. In fact, one night after a show, it's like, you know, 11.50 p.m. or whatever, and I, I was kind of walking around and I said to a, a employee, I'm like, hey, is there, is there a bar open here? And they're like, no, closes at 10. Like, wow, what kind of casino? You, I mean, you could get a drink if you were gambling, but, like, I thought that was pretty odd. Um, so I ate a lot of meals at Robert Irvin's pub or whatever, who's, like, a celebrity chef. But he has a show called, like, what was it, Kitchen Rescue? I'm not driving. I can Google it. What was his show? Robert Irvine show restaurant impossible which is like uh, basically a rip off of all those other shows where you go in and go this place sucks and i'm gonna fix it but for some reason i only have 24 hours to do it for some reason there's no reason we need a time limit on this but we have to do it immediately uh but if he went to his own restaurant for restaurant impossible, he wouldn't. He would have had a lot of negative things to say. It's not that it was gross. It was just like real basic shit, like a chicken salad for thirty-five dollars. I'm like Jesus. Um. But anyway, I'm complaining about free food, uh, so that part was nice. The only other time you get, <laughs> I mean, Vegas at the at the MGM. Uh, I get to go to the employee cafeteria. Even here at South Point, I got a couple of $20 food vouchers. Uh, so comedy clubs will give you free food. But the, the only the other free food thing that happens if you work a fundraiser is uh, many, I would say three or four times a year, someone's like, 
we have all these cheesecakes left over. Do you want to take one home? And I'll take home like whatever, a chocolate cake for the family. And I'm like, that's not why I got into show business. But yeah, I'll take a cake. What am I too good for a cake? I mean, I'm not going to weigh in tomorrow after this cake. But but yeah, I want that meta episode of Restaurant Impossible where Robert Irvine goes to his own restaurant and goes, this isn't good. Or like Celebrity Chef Beef, Gordon Ramsay goes to Robert Irvine's restaurant and talks shit about it. Oh, I wanted to say, because someone uh, messaged me a comment. By the way, if you want to message me about anything on the podcast, uh, any of the social medias or Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com. But someone messaged me about how my albums aren't on Spotify anymore. And that is true. Actually, I think one album is on Spotify, and that's my last one. Uh, Good Luck in Court. Because that one I independently released. All the other ones are gone because they're on a label. And there's some sort of uh, thing happening. There's some sort of like, I don't know. I signed up. Someone sent me an email that was like, hey, you, you know, hey, comedians, uh, you're, you're have a lot more royalties coming your way. And we're this new company that's going to get them for you. And I saw other comedians sign up for it. I'm like, sure, I'm, I'll take more royalties. And uh, as far as I can tell, as a result of this, Spotify decided not to give comedians more royalties, and they just took everyone's albums off of the service. Um, now, does that cost me money? Barely. The amount of money you get for streaming on Spotify is not much. Uh, but it is, you know... A few people, I guess, were listening to my albums on Spotify, and now they can't. So I don't know. But that just struck me as very, uh, you know, it's like a place that's like, we're going to unionize, and they all get fired the next day. Like, well, that didn't work out. All right. I got to get ready to do four shows in two different states in 24 hours. So... I'm going to call that a podcast. You guys are fun, and I appreciate that. I'm going to a little behind the curtain here. Uh, 1.30 a.m. last night, I was at South Point Casino in Las Vegas performing, and now I'm here right now. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know where I am. Uh, you've been so sleep-deprived, you're like, if drugs did this, I would do it. <laughs> I'm seeing shapes right now. This is so good. <laughs>